Hello and welcome to the For Real Podcast, the show that discusses music, film, and most importantly, furries. Today on the third episode, we have Kay and Kanza, also known as Spring Silver, as we talk through their music stuff and just overall why they're furry. So yeah, this is cool. Uh, that was like the fifth time we tried this, so uh, I'm <laughs> glad I went through this time. How have you been before we you know, get into stuff? Uh, I've been okay. I've been a uh, quarantine sort of making me feel like jet lagged. Ooh, but really? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> That's so yeah. I just yeah. I was saying on one of the yeah. previous episodes that like, um, it kind of just feels like one long month to me. Like since we went in quarantine in like March, it's just so weird. Like, yeah, I, I definitely and, get that jet lag thing. Also because it's it's winter now, so it's like the the days are super short. So I'll just be like, it'll be like late afternoon by four and, and it just feels like i just got back from a trip and i'm like i know i could stay awake but it's already dark what, what yeah what's i know going on it gets so like i feel like I, I need to like stay productive all the time and then it'll be like 4 p.m yeah. and it'll get dark and i'll be like oh no uh well i can't do anything anymore because you know, it's dark and you know, it's nighttime but like it isn't it's like in the afternoon no I, I that's so weird i feel like when it when it's like kind of i like it in a sense but i also don't like I feel like it getting darker earlier during Christmas feels it make it makes it more feel cozy if you know what I mean. It's more cozy, but then yeah. Also, it's just like can't stay out as long and stuff, so it kind of sucks. But you know, um, yeah. I mean, I've just been trying to sort out podcast stuff, and I'm trying to like organize my work stuff too. And it's just like well, uni work and my retail job, and it's all just piling everything up. But you know, we're working on it. You know, and I'm really enjoying making the podcast as well. And then you know, and I'm sure it's be a when is um. When is uh when are finals? When are you done? Oh, so finals is like we have like um assessments kind of throughout the year on my course. And that's how like, most UK universities go anyway. So technically, I've had my finals, but like, uh, well, well, I say this, but we don't have on my course. This is it. We only had one exam, okay, and it was last year on my first year, and it was cancelled because of COVID. So like, I kind of looked out. So all of my assignments are like essays, and. Uh, I had my first like essay back and I got a 2-1 on it which I'm like I'm like really happy about because that's like a one below like the top uh, grade which is you know nice nice that's yeah. that's kind of how I felt like graduating earlier this uh, earlier this year like for the spring semester and then the final summer class that I took to finish up university mm-hmm. where like it kind of felt like the teachers were like okay let's just everyone just we'll do well okay we'll just give you good grades and it'll be over yeah like we're, we're just gonna have open note tests we're all just doing this virtually it's just kind of a stressful thing well it's like everybody just i think at the end of the day like a lot of kind of teachers and tutors and lecturers just kind of want their students to get through the year with everything going on i think that's what's going on with kind of my um teachers and that they're being really they're luckily they're being quite supportive but at the same time it's a bit half and half because I do a film. I do film at university. And I mean, I can't really make films during COVID. And like, there's a lot of like controversy about that because like we, we've we been like heavily restricted with what we can and can't do. And because of that, like, I feel like the ideas that I have for making films for second year, I won't be happy with them, if you know what I mean. Because yeah, like I can't make my idea to like the expansive like opportunity that it could be i know it's a bit of a weird way to put it but like basically we can't go locate like specific locations and we can't do this and that and i'm like oh well i can't make it the way i want to make it you know what i mean so it's just i guess yeah but it's just keep it on for safe. my um 
for my capstone project, I originally wanted to do a short film because I was doing cinematic uh, art as a minor. Mm-hmm. But my, my, my teacher, my animation teacher, kind of more or less sort of shoehorned me into doing an animation project. And I was like, damn, fine, I guess I'll do that. But it's it's a double semester thing. So if I had ended up taking on the um my 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 film thing it would have it might have just gone to shit because you know the the final semester the the spring semester Mm. half of it is quarantine so hmm. yeah it sucks Uh, but i mean this is to keep everyone safe i guess i mean hopefully we'll be back to something normal soon so (laughs) oh yeah no i i appreciate quarantine for sure (laughs) oh yeah definitely I mean, that's Wear thing. masks, people. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh my god, why can't I make my film that I really want to make? But then I also have to keep in mind that, like, this is, like, a really scary time, and people are vulnerable, and, like, it has to be. I mean, coming from somebody, you might, well, this this is, like, the third episode coming out, hopefully, of maybe the third or the fourth, so uh, if you guys listened to the previous episode, you know, from the first one, I did actually get COVID at one time, and, I mean, like, it was, oh, it was yeah, it was not nice. I mean, well, it wasn't too bad, but, like, I, from personal experience, like, I know it's, like, a really serious thing, and, like, even though I wasn't overly, kind of, like, unhealthy, well, not unhealthy, but overly ill with it, um, other people can get it in, you know, have problems, so stay inside, guys, and wear masks and stuff, and, I mean, it, it really annoys me when I go where, I, I'm not gonna get into this a lot, but, like, I get, obviously, <laughs> where I work at retail stuff, like, it really annoys me when, like, customers will come in and be like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot my mask, uh, it's in the car, and I'm like, we're being... In the UK, it's been mandatory to wear masks for like... It's at in least the car, like, just go to yeah, the car. <laughs> exactly. At least like a month or two, it's been mandatory to wear masks in shops. How are you still forgetting your mask at home and stuff? Like, how are you not used to this like alternate lifestyle by now, you know? And that's what kind of gripes me a bit. But then obviously, since I like yeah. work there and I don't want to get like, you know, told off, I'm just like, it's okay, don't worry. Because we don't, well, especially with, well, the specific place I work... We we can't endorse it, even though it's even though it's law. Like we can't endorse and like tell people you have to wear one. But I mean, it just makes everyone's lives easier if you wear one. So, PSA to anyone that feels like they don't want to wear a mask to a shop, just wear one, please. That's all I'm gonna say. Eight and a half months later, please wear a mask. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Literally, it's so bad. We're begging you. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's uh kind of move on a little bit. Um, let's go through the stuff that you make. I mean, you're you're a musician that's the kind of stuff and you create you know you've you've had an album and you you create some projects with other artists as well do you want to kind of go through your you know what you make and you know why i'll let you take the spotlight yeah Yeah, so i make music under the project spring silver that started around 2018 after uh, my last band aerial view uh sort of dissolved broke up I, i was just like damn i have all these songs and I'm like not gonna just stop working on tunes. Mm-hmm. I gotta gotta keep going. Yeah, gotta keep going. So I um yeah, I had all these ideas, and so I just like maybe spent a day thinking of like a project name, and then I was like, oh, I live in Silver Spring, Maryland. I'll just switch it around and uh oh, it's dope. Uh, spring, that's really <laughs> Spring cool. Silver. There you go. So everybody in the immediate area is like, oh, okay, haha, very funny. But I feel like other people are just like, ah, Spring Silver, that's a cool, well, to <laughs> me, a cool name. What does it mean? What's the, I mean, what's the deep meaning behind definitely it? Definitely for me personally, I'm like, as a UK person, like, I know nothing about. I mean, the closest I have to that is my um my friend Sai. Shout out Sai. Uh, they live in um Baltimore. So like, 
I get a lot of stuff about Baltimore in a bit how much of a like it can be quite wacky sometimes but like that's the only thing I don't know anything about areas and to me Springsville just sounds like a cool ass name to be so you know yeah that's that's another reason why I sort of picked it is because a lot of people from Silver Spring and there are like numerous people who like I've lived here forever and I just didn't realize that they were from Silver Spring like like Rebecca Sugar, for for instance, oh, went really? to my high school. That's that's super yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I I had a conversation with them one time because they they came to a local uh, comic book uh, festival, and I was just like, yeah, it's 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 wild. And then all these, I mean, numerous people. But the thing is, most of the time, if you're from Silver Spring, well, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle's also oh, from. Oh sh- that, shit, that's cool. That's so dope. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you obviously got like, is well, I don't know if it's um, Silver Spring, but like. I know that uh, Sai always goes on about because is Silver Spring near Baltimore? Is that like is it like a nearish it's area? Forty like thirty five to forty minutes yeah. depending on traffic. Basically. I was, I was gonna say Sai. It's it's closer to DC. It's like mm-hmm. right on DC. Oh, okay, cool. Because I was gonna say Sai always goes on about like oh I live around the corner from like uh, where JPEG Mafia took that photo for for his uh, for his album art because it's on like one five three nine North Calvert and I'm like. That's dope. Yeah, the, that's so cool. The, yeah. the Bell Foundry, which I never went to, but uh, a, a bunch of people who I played with, uh, like hung out at the Bell Foundry, and like they were like, "Yeah, I think I, I think I saw a JPEG there, but I didn't know him at the time." But well, the thing about Silver Spring is that it's it's not a like cool place. Like DC and Baltimore are known entities; they're like cool spots. But Silver Spring is just sort of like this suburban kind of like in between zones so nobody wants to say they're from silver spring but i'll like look up like all of these people who i admire are like from this like area like like this i don't know like five square mile radius even Mm -hmm. just like very very close like adam neely this musician who i follow on youtube i just found out he went to like the high school that was like right next to me and i'm like we got to get silver spring some shine people <laughs> stop so denying cool. <laughs> stop denying the um but uh yeah so i that's why i chose the name but i decided pretty early on that um for the most part i was just gonna try to sort of create my own musical world in the sense of just like writing all the songs and performing them all by myself more or less yeah. like I'm, I'm not a great drummer so i'll normally hit up um like my friends to mm-hmm. do drums or that's cool yeah um just add some cool collaborative mm-hmm. stuff so it doesn't feel too uh, I don't know solipsistic but yeah early on I was I, I was like I'm gonna try to sort of see if I can distill my musical identity as sort of as purely as as possible as opposed to um the, the sort of collaborative band scene which because yeah. like the, the thing about that is that there's already like the music scene in this area which is already very like collaborative and interesting so I was just like well since we already sort of have that, I think it's cool to just maybe try to, yeah, just see what I can do and add my own sort of voice to that and just see what see what happens. No, that's super cool. I mean, would you say that uh, your music's inspired by kind of where you've grown up, like Silver Spring? Would you say a lot of it has kind of connections to that or does it have more connections to like, you know, your identity, yourself personally? Because obviously we're going to go through that as well and being a fairy as well, so... I guess both. It's one of those things where if I just like work on it, it if 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 I just create something that I feel is 
like I'm not trying to <laughs> how, how do I phrase this if, if I'm trying to make it as personal as possible or as honest as possible all of those yeah. things come out like I had the original album cover that I had for my debut album the natural world was just straight up like a furry like in a field and uh, one of my friends came up to me and he was like that al- that album cover it's so like distinctly silver spring and I was like <laughs> word <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> a little bit of everything. You just have to so, be yourself, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Would you say that, because I'm looking at the, the Natural World cover now, would you say that it is is your Sona a unicorn? Or is that just a character that you represent for your, like, kind of artist stuff? Um, Maybe the second one. Mm-hmm. I've never been, like, um, I don't think I've ever really had a Sona. And for the longest time, I wasn't really that concern with that and i know that some people like i'll will be very particular like yeah. there was this one artist who had this cool character and i was like ah oh, i really like this sona and they're like that's not a sona that's just a oc, OC. and i was like yep okay cool <laughs> my bad <laughs> it, to me it's just like i don't know i feel like to a certain extent unless it's literally someone else's character it's all you yeah and i like, think yeah in some way yeah and i think it's kind of changed recently with like modern furries. I mean, well, I saw this like meme and it was like furries back then. It was like the reason my wolf is blue because it's because he's like ascended from the ice gods or some shit. And now people are just like, I know I'm a dog. And I mean, like, that's it really. This I mean, my dog. Yeah. Where's Bape? Yeah. Uh, where's <laughs> Bape? Because cause Kanye was that's doing me. That's me. That's literally me. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just, like, I'm a dog because, like, I don't know, dogs are cool. And, uh, I mean, personally, it's, like, kind of, I would say, as as myself, I'm quite, like, um, outgoing and bubbly. And I feel like a lot of, obviously, dogs are quite like that. But also, I have a quite, like, you know, conceited kind of, like, you know, very uh, myself, like, introverted side to me as well. And that's why I'm trying to potentially make a deer sooner. But then I don't want to fall in that rabbit hole of having like multiple characters and stuff. Like for now, I'm just vibing with my dog guy. But like, who just knows? Vibing. Yeah, we're just vibing. We're just vibing. Who knows? Um, I think yeah. one of the th- reasons I sort of chose the unicorn motif was I feel like it's a very like um I, I was trying to make heavy music, mm-hmm. but also have an aesthetic that was very sort of sweet and sugary to the point of like people just kind of being baffled a little bit like i thought that was kind of a fun thing to do and i still i I still do no i love that i definitely um, love that because to me i like grew up listening to heavy metal and a good amount of it Mm -hmm. i there's a lot of associations with heavy metal as sort of like this way to get out like negative feelings and things like that but a lot of it to me growing up there was that, but it was also like I was just literally a small child, and I was just like, "This is dance music that's loud and fun." <laughs> so I was just like, "Yeah, I'll, it doesn't have to. The aesthetic doesn't have to be um, anything that's sort of like, like I don't know. I could have gone gone with like a hellhound on the cover. Yeah, exactly. And, but I was like, no, I want it to be as like it's pastel, it's pink, it's sort of like, and I I feel like that in its own way is sort of a a pretty visceral thing. No, and it's, it's still, yeah. I don't know, it uh, reflects the the mm-hmm. tunes, I think, in, in some way. No, it's lovely. I and... love that. I love that kind of idea of uh, contrasting kind of themes and kind of palettes as well. Like, the musical numbers are just like, well, the musical numbers are, it's not a musical album, I don't know what I'm on about. <laughs> like, the tracks, 
the track it's been a long day the tracks are very contrasting compared to the album art and i do love that and i mean some people might be like oh well you know that kind of doesn't like represent the album of how it is but that is that's the it's representing the message that you wanted and i think that's kind of a thing to take from it as well i mean my favorite song from uh i'll definitely by the way everybody links below in the description especially for the youtube video to check out uh, spring silver stuff but my favorite from the album is definitely Ethelraj back and forth i think i love the melody and i just love the vocals on it as well and i think it's just really really well made but throughout the entire thing like how long did it take for you because it's there's a good amount of stuff like sorry gets like 10 minutes long like how long did it take for you to kind of like make that entire album um i guess it was about two years Mm. on and off me at home like recording various things writing various Mm -hmm. things and that's more or less where i am right now when it comes to recording stuff it it worked that time and it's it's still working but i'll like sometime during the week i would just be like okay i'm gonna set up the amp and i'm gonna record like this various little thing here or this thing here this vocal track this guitar track and then once it was like sort of built up entirely that's when i would bring the the song to uh like one of my friends like say my friend marco who plays drums on effleurage uh and i was and then we would sort of go over it like uh maybe i had like a midi drum track and then i'd be like okay so this is like what it sounds like you can you can add your own thing and so then we uh hammered that stuff out and then uh my friend ananth mixed it with me and yeah it was just sort Mm -hmm. of it it was kind of a cool thing because it was me just seeing what I could do when it comes to like actually making an album. Yeah. And in that way, it's, I guess, sort of unwieldy in that it's like <laughs> only 12 songs, but it's like an hour long. <laughs> I th- well, I think it's great that you can have so many connections as well, like so many of your friends to kind of like help. I mean, when I made mine, this is a bit cringe, but when I made my, like I made a lo-fi hip hop album when I was like 16, 17. And I remember instead of getting like the classic kind of, samples of like you know like rom-coms like i love you so much like like fucking put to like really like low fidelity kind of like filters instead like crackle. I, yeah <laughs> instead i got my friends to like i wrote lines and i got my friends to say them and then put them that's in the so tracks. fun and yeah. i really like that because it was like every single track had like a like a, a cringy a cringy like make sure you live your life to the fullest kind of thing. But then, like, it was said by my friends. I was like, oh, I love that. Like, I don't know. So uh, it was really nice to write for it as well. Like, it wasn't just it wasn't just getting old classic, like, jazzy beats and just, like, I mean, nothing wrong with that. But, like, I wanted an own, like, personal spin behind it that wasn't just kind of flipping beats and trying to... Because it's why I used to practice Fruity Loops. I mean, I don't do much music stuff now, but I think having a personal connection to it, like, is nice. And I mean, it isn't my proudest thing that I've made, definitely, in terms of all my creative endeavors. But it's definitely something I did make, and it's something I made with my friends, and I think that's something that's nice to know as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's what I'm going for even more with the music that I'm working on now. Like, with the the last song I put out, Plead Insanity, mm-hmm. I, I just thought it would be cool to have other people singing various parts because... I feel like it makes a palpable difference not to just have yourself overdubbed on oh, a yeah. on a track and so like it's it's hard to it's hard to fake a different voice mm-hmm. if if that makes sense so oh, I no, was definitely. um I that's why I hit up um yeah Sadie Dupree and um Bartiz Cox of Bartiz Strange and I was like they I don't think I even told them that they were singing on the same track I was just like 
hey can you sing this uh mm-hmm. this this vocal harmony this high part yeah. and then i'm like did they work well together part? and then i yeah i <laughs> i think uh i think it uh because i was like oh maybe who, who knows because their voices are mm-hmm. very different but then it worked out and i think it's just cool to have this sort of um i don't know this this feeling of not just being in your room during a pandemic <laughs> no no definitely <laughs> like making an album like oh <laughs> no i definitely that's so cool how what's your experience with, like live shows have you done many like live performances of natural world and just your music in general and like how have you, how have you experienced that is it good yeah um obviously not right now because ha- of covid but like have you had it in the past obviously <laughs> sadly no but um yeah but beforehand i've never done all of the songs but i've i've done um probably like half of them with um some friends of mine we would just uh like sort of there was sort of like a makeshift group of people who would like <laughs> come in to like play with me and it was like it would always be a trio but but it was like various people various friends on drums and various mm-hmm. like uh friends on bass and then i would do guitar and vocals but um yeah it's been a lot of fun i can send you one video that was like the my favorite show we ever played but um oh, definitely send me yeah yeah it was mostly in the dc area we um played a lot at this venue called songbird we opened for um i don't know if you know horse jumper of love i don't but uh do tell just a lot of like indie <laughs> like they're, they're a slow core band and a lot of like emo bands and stuff but um i sorely miss performing live it was so much fun yeah and like uh yeah, that's like an that's like an irreplaceable thing that I just always think about. I'm like, damn, I hope that comes back comes because back, yeah. it's so much fun and like being part of the music scene. Now the music scene is just like online. It's just like I go on Twitter and <laughs> a musician's like, I'm playing a show in my room, <laughs> or they're like making like a joke about like Godspeed you. <laughs> but like, I mean, it's like <laughs> that is. I d- I do understand what like that. Obviously, you've got restrictions in that. Sometimes, though, when it comes to kind of artists doing that thing in their room, it is nice at the same time, though, because it feels like, you you know, not in, like, a weird way, but, like, you do feel like you're, like, having, like, an intimate kind of, like, show with the artist, you know? And I think that's a really nice thing. Uh, but I do, yeah. Yeah, and you, you have more control over it in some mm-hmm. ways. I gotta, Because yeah. it's, like, you in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, though, like, uh, I miss going to shows, like, I think... There's just something about going to, like, a friend show is, like, really nice. And, I mean, obviously, seeing someone, an artist that you love is fantastic, but I don't know. We have a tiny, where I live, there's, like, a tiny, tiny, and I'm talking, like, a tiny venue uh, where all of my friends, well, friends and people from school uh, play gigs there. And I miss just being in such, like, a tiny venue watching my friend just, like, play guitar and, like, seeing so many people that, that, like, I'm friends with in this one venue and I just miss that kind of like experience and obviously I've been to other bigger venues where my friends have played at but I don't know I just miss that and I, hopefully that's something that we can experience again soon because now that I'm at university I don't really see my friends from home that often but usually well last year when I did I would see them play gigs or see them play like a nice little uh, stand-up thing at a pub or something it was just like nice but that's yeah, yeah that's so awesome the 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 last show that i went to was uh uh right before quarantine it probably shouldn't have even happened but it, it was uh right before people were like all right we're doing quarantine everybody inside it was this um show where everybody it, it felt like everybody in this scene was there and like there was like one of the opening acts like 
saw like me and some friends in the crowd and he like shouted us out and he was like like if it wasn't for y'all i might not be doing this and then he did this like shredding like math rock like thing that i could like never do just like and everybody was it was so fun Mm -hmm. there was like this one of my favorite local bands xk scenario played check them out they're on spotify and stuff and there's like footage i think on instagram but people are going nuts and i feel like everybody kind of knew it was like yeah we're gonna be in quarantine after this so we gotta like throw down yeah it was just i don't know it was so much fun and it just like damn that's yeah that's so cool i love that and that's the thing it's just like when when you have those are only experiences that you can have like at a concert and i love that so much i I love that a lot um yeah but you know hopefully that comes back again you know and uh you know well everything everything big like have you ever so obviously you're not as connected to like the furry community is like other people that would be on the podcast podcast per- podcast per se but would have you been to any- per, se per se podcast but have you been to any conventions or is that something that you haven't experienced yet or yet to experience so most of the conventions as a teenager i actually wasn't too much of a convention person i think the one that i went to was BronyCon. oh okay shout nice. out <laughs> shout out bronies <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah that was quite an experience i uh i can i can imagine it I being saw, quite an experience i, <laughs> I met silva hound if uh y'all are fans of uh the song addict <laughs> from uh from Hasbin hotel that's the guy behind oh, it but um interesting. I, I, yeah. yeah he's like he's like a french house guy he's like really into like if you listen to like mr wazo or like ed banger justice sort of stuff mm-hmm. great taste in music that's a dope but um yeah i feel like once i was in college i was going to a lot of like anime conventions Mm -hmm. in dc and um also going to like the 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 spot where i met rebecca sugar was at this um comic book expo that like slowly over time has become like an anime convention as well oh and there's like a lot of like different people like a lot of like I feel, I feel like a lot of like people in like the furry scene and also like people who were like in the NPR world. Mm-hmm. And like one time I like met like I met like John Lewis, like civil rights leader John Lewis there. Whoa. Like as a teenager, but I was like, Oh my god, that's John Lewis and I was like, I, who is that? <laughs> he was like, He worked with Martin Luther King. I was like, No shit. <laughs> but like I've I've always been m- more or less on the sort of outskirts of that of that sort of stuff i've i don't know fandoms in general can be daunting there's like (laughs) they're like a ball of energy yeah yeah. and the energy can be good and the energy can also be be bad bad. yeah (laughs) it's like i was saying it's very very daunting i think especially with like i I mean i don't want to like create controversy but i do feel i'm not going to go into this a lot i'm going to leave it to the to the listener but i do feel like there's a two categories of furries and that's all I'm going to say. I think there are two categories of furries. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. But the hype beast the furry, hype beast furry the... versus the, uh, the ooh, ooh, and the ooh, furry. Sabrina Sabrina online furry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the there's, two. Yeah, there's the only two. <laughs> no, um, I definitely get um, that. So I think, well, I haven't been to a convention. I was meant to, but it's something I definitely want to experience. But if you asked me like, last year like would you ever go to a furry convention uh bearing in mind i started being a furry like in september last year if you uh, if you asked me to be a furry 
or to be a furry, to ask me to go to a furry convention, I'd be like, fuck no, I'm not be going to a furry convention. Like, I'm not that into that shit. And now I'm sat here like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm like saving up. I'm putting money aside every month from my job to, to save up for a fursuit. And I'm like wanting to go actively go to the convention next year. So it's something I've definitely delved into. <laughs> But I think it's just something I'm more if open you, about. If you, if you had asked me last year, I would have been like, yeah, I'm, I would love to go, but I'm going to like pretend like I'm going up to Pittsburgh to do like a DIY <laughs> show, but I'm actually just going to Anthrocon. I was like, yeah, well, it was like my parents because um, I was meant to go with my girlfriend and we we're going to go for a uh, weekend away because we're going to go see Brock, Brockhampton. We're like playing in the same city the day before. So we're going to go see Brockhampton and go to the uh, convention next day. And I remember I was like to my parents, I was like, oh, I'm going to go see a band in Birmingham, and they were like, um, why, why are you going to Birmingham specifically? Is that, are they not playing any ones that are, like, nearer to you? And I was like, no, only Birmingham, even though they were, like, playing, like, 20 minutes away from, like, my uni. So, but I was like, oh, but we're just going to make a weekend out of it. And they were like, eh, it's a, you know, a weekend in Birmingham? Like, it's, what's what's there to do there? I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. We, we'll, we'll find stuff to do, you know? And I mean, I don't have a problem, like, telling my parents. What's there to do there, yeah, huh? Yeah, come on, come huh? on. Huh? I mean, there's not, like... The furry convention, <laughs> isn't it? I'm looking up, I'm looking up the it. events. I'm looking up the events. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem with, like, being a furry in, like... Obviously, because I am one, and I'm, I'm making a I'm making a fucking podcast interview. Making a podcast. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> but I think it's something that I'm kind of being more confident with over time. And I think the podcast is a part of me kind of like uh, implementing it into like my creative endeavors. Uh, I, I've been meaning to tell my parents about it because I do feel like it's a big part of my personality. But I just don't know if I'm ready for it yet. Like, I don't think they would be have a problem with it. But I think it's just I can't be asked to explain what it is. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like in the black. Right, so people dress up in animal costumes as a hobby, and and walk around in the market. Yeah, and it's like you know, some like do you know what I, I mean? It's like, hard to explain. I'm not sure how much my parents know about all of this, but they themselves are like super nerdy people as well. Oh, like my okay. mom's like reading like Pierce Anthony novels, <laughs> and like we both had a shared interest in the saga, uh, graphic novel, and you know my dad grew up like playing D and D, so it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things. <laughs> my parents are like, yeah, my parents aren't too nerdy, but like, well, I say that, but like, there's, there's nothing wrong. I love, I love your mum and dad. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you. But it's just like, they don't have a lot of, I'm like known as like, like I have a sister as well. I think my sister's like very different to me. My sister's very like, I don't know. She has a lot of different hobbies, like, like more kind of standard hobbies. And then I'm like the, the, the sibling that like likes anime in likes in likes films and kind of is interested in furry stuff and there's nothing wrong with that like i love being myself well, I, I do i love being myself and i love the stuff i'm into but it's definitely yes. not like we, we stand that but like it's definitely not what society kind of like sets as like the norm like well i think in recent years definitely i think people are more accepting to like kind of like more you know abnormal subcultures i mean anime is like influential the western media now like everybody watches anime now but if but when i was in when i was in middle school anime was this like weird ass thing to watch so like it's it's quite different now i think that's one of the reasons that i was like actively deciding to sort of like implement the like sort of furry Mm -hmm. stuff into my music because i was always like well this is like something that i'm like very fond of since forever like like grow i feel like (laughs) Like, I'm on the spectrum, mm-hmm. and if you, like, <laughs> show a child on the spectrum, like, VHSs of Robin Hood, Balto, and, like, The Secret <laughs> of Nim, 
there's no turning back yeah, and that's, that's what happened it. let's say we're done <laughs> and and then it was it was one of those things where like now like we 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 live in a society we live in a society <laughs> uh, we live did you know that but um <laughs> I mean, now we're sort of getting to a point where all of the sort of subcultures that maybe 15, even 15 years ago were sort of, I don't know, niche or like on the outskirts. Yeah. Now they're sort of just becoming the norm. The norm, yeah. And I feel exactly. like people don't want to admit it, but I, but part of Spring Silver, I feel like one of the goals is me just being like, guys, just be yourself. Like, come on. There's like, no one is a normie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, no, there are no normies. Yeah. Just do it do what you do something that i've lived this is something that if you if you just half ass listen to the podcast now if you just got in the background listen to this part right this is something that i've been living by for a good like year or two um for any people who are maybe younger that are listening to this and you're kind of worried about what other people think you etc right once you hit the age of like 20 which is my age there's the, people go into two categories right they're either too busy with like work or a university degree to care negatively about other people or they're like more accepting and they're nice enough to kind of accept stuff that's maybe not the norm and if they don't fall into those two categories they're just not worth your time like you have a life to live in like just don't I know this is like me trying to be philosophical and I'm doing it in a really bad way but just you have a limited time on this earth just do stuff you enjoy doing as long as it's within standard like nothing fucking illegal but i'm not telling you a rubber bank but all i'm saying is like be a fairy if you want to that be is a fairy. illegal <laughs> that is illegal but be a fairy if you want to be a fairy like enjoy yourself don't and that's what essentially made me like click and i was like because i was such so on the fence with like getting a sona and all that and i was like right fuck it i'm just gonna get this dog and like put him in a supreme t-shirt and i'm like i've never looked back since then and i just love it it's fantastic so that's my yeah. advice that's like yeah that's exactly it just like don't deny yourself having fun Mm -hmm. Uh, expressing yourself i don't know finding finding some truth no yeah totally just just be kind be kind just be kind (laughs) yeah exactly i think that's a nice little round off to the uh this section of the podcast and uh we'll move on to the album choice this week which was uh under the iron sea by keen Yeah, so this is, um, <laughs> in, in keeping with uh, what we've sort of been talking about, this is sort of like one of those things where I feel like it could be mocked, like choosing this album, but mm-hmm. I was just like, nah, it means a lot to me. No, no, and I get that. I, I love it. In America, Keen is like not really anything. Like they're just like somewhere only we know, and then <laughs> that's it. But I, I, I feel like in, I mean, maybe you can back me up here or not but i feel like in the uk they have more of a oh yeah more of a sort of reputation yeah. what well they, actually yeah what 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 is their reputation they, in the they uk because if i say i like keen they're just like people are just like okay they okay. do have a reputation in the uk and i do think it's very prominent but people are quite quick to kind of look at keen and i don't know if the same for the us but they look at keen they go all right top songs are like all music's using like advertisements in like commercials <laughs> And it's like, because Somewhere Only We Knew was like used for this. But we have this weird thing in the UK. Well, it's not weird. It's pretty fucking cool. Um, We have this thing where every single year, this uh, company called John Lewis, it's like a um, it's like a retailer 
they release like a Christmas advert every single uh, year, and everyone always looks forward to it because it's like a that's when like it's it's a UK thing. It's like a it's like a weird ass transition that like when you see the John Lewis Christmas advert on TV, like you know that like, Christmas is starting. And like it's like known to be like a really good advert every every year. And I remember somewhere only we know is used for one year. Uh and then I think after that a lot of people covered it. I think Lily Allen covered it or something. And then like it's using a lot of adverts and stuff. And I mean, um I think everybody's changing is um I'm just going for the, the top songs. I think that's also using adverts. But I mean, this album, like I had I'm not a keen listener, but I am keen on Keen now because I did I did <laughs> like it. And I mean Starting off the bat, that album art. I remember when I looked up when I was going through the applications. And I looked up the album. I was like, "Damn, that album art is clean as fuck." I love that. So I love the album art off the off the top. Um, yeah, I'll go through like I don't know the gr- one gripe I had with the album was I don't know how much you've like extensively listened to it, but obviously you must have because it was like your choice. But I feel like the Frog Prince was like I feel like that should have been the closer of the album. I don't know, like, it, like, ended was really nicely. No, Let It Slide was afterwards. Or it was on Spotify, um, anyway. That's a bonus track. Oh, the Frog Prince is the last one. I was going to yeah. say, because I listened to The Frog Prince, and I was like, whew, that was a really nice, quiet, like, melodic I, closer. I've never even heard Let It Slide. <laughs> it was a really nice, melodic closer. And then this this upbeat, like, final track came on, and I was like, is this supposed to be, like, an epilogue or something? Like, dog, I just don't think it fits it all, but that's... Took taking that gripe away, um, I liked it. It was good. Um, some of the songs might have been like a little too long, and I think a lot of them kind of contrast with each other, which is good and bad because it keeps it fresh. And I feel like a lot of different sounds are kind of presented in it. But at the same time, like it was hard to find an overarching like theme throughout. I think there was a lot of um kind of different hmm. kind of feelings throughout the uh albums but maybe it's a kind of record i i'm gonna be honest i I didn't like look into kind of like what the thoughts and kind of the thought process behind everything but maybe it is just an array of emotions and stuff from keen i know that um sort of the theme behind it as they say i mean based on you know like the album cover and the frog prince sort of um Mm -hmm. uh help enforce this but uh it was supposed to be like a a twisted fairy tale but i mean for the most part on the subject of the album cover i just love it's just a fantastic album cover i feel like it's inspired me a lot one time when i was like in middle school i like had a dream where like the the character like the the horses on the album cover like came to life and like were part of this like i don't know like dramatic like i don't know like shakespearean opera and i like i barely even remember it but i like woke up and i was like so emotional this was like in the middle of like a summer camp so i just woke up like oh my god and then i was like oh i have to like (laughs) go to like a group like stall Mm -hmm. bathroom and just do summer camp shit but um no this this album keen doesn't really have much of a reputation at all in the u.s so maybe that was um one of the things that made them feel sort of alien to me. Also, this album is like their least popular album. I feel yeah, like overall, I was say, like yeah. maybe the album afterwards is too, but I f- I feel like it's markedly less. Um, I don't know Christmas commercial material. <laughs> like I, people were always griping with it because apparently it's like super compressed. It was like a victim of the loudness wars, as they say. But like I don't know. To me, I just. I just think it's like a really 
I don't know, almost like revelatory album. I just feel like there are so many cool like sonic elements and just like textures that are going on that Mm -hmm. like it's one of those things like if people like I don't know cry foul about this album it's like don't even listen to shoegaze then because it's like (laughs) you might as well say the same shit about like loveless or something yeah but yeah I just I think the songwriting is really just fantastic the performances the vocal performances of Tom Chaplin are just like some of the best I've ever heard like I, mm-hmm. it just blows my mind sometimes. But um, I feel like all of those things like put together and like this sincerity that they have in their music. Yeah. Kind of, I don't know. It just like spoke to me from a young age. I feel like I first started listening to this when I was like maybe like eleven or twelve, and like it's 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 one of those albums where like I don't know. I didn't really have anybody else like the rest of my family also liked it so it was all just like sing-along fodder but like other people it was just like not even a thing in the u.s i feel like Mm -hmm. like it wasn't it was just like i don't i don't know who keen is i don't know what what that's all about but um i don't know ever basically every song on here to me has um i don't know different a different sort of like value or thing that like can hook you and Mm -hmm. i know you were talking about how there's a lot of different um sort of moods that they that they're covering on this and yeah i think that might be one of the things that i appreciate about it because like there are like intimate ballad songs like um i don't know like try again and hamburg song and then there's like i don't know upbeat stuff like leaving so soon and um is it any wonder and then there's just like moody stuff like the the opener yeah but um yeah it's one of those things where it's an album that like is sort of ingrained in my dna Mm -hmm. but it's i don't know it's not a it's not a quote unquote cool album. Like it sort of it sort of stresses me out when like you see what an artist is like they're the most partial to and it's only cool shit and I'm like you're lying. Yeah. That's <laughs> you didn't like only listen to like I don't know <laughs> like ride your entire life yeah. and then you got here. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know this sort of stuff and like I don't know Coldplay's first two albums. I'm I'm with it. I'm I'm all about that. No, I get that. Yeah. I think it is very like have a kind of similar vibe to like co-play and stuff would you say it's like a, a intimate kind of album like do, do you think you really get into like Keen's like psyche if you know what I mean because you were saying obviously uh, instead of kind of presenting themselves as like a kind of always cool always like level-headed kind of thing it, it's a it's an honest it's an honest record would you say yeah I think it's um I think it's really honest I I wouldn't even say it's like some albums feel almost like confessional and you know exactly what they're talking about from like like line to line but I think this one the the lyrics are are very honest without feeling like that so like you can sort of apply them to like you'll be like I'm not sure who I I think the main the guy who wrote the lyrics was Tim the pianist but like mm-hmm. even if you don't know who Tim's talking about you can sort of feel the urgency in the songwriting and also in the like tom's performance Mm -hmm. and like yeah you could just like feel the you can feel the feels (laughs) oh no i yeah i love albums like that ones that are kind of like up close personal because i feel like albums should be a piece of art but it should be a piece of art that kind of represents you it's a form of media that can be presented as an art form and i think keen definitely presented this album with that in mind but i don't know if it kind of represents itself that way through personally and i think it it does go down to how 
obviously personal opinion on the album, but also kind of like the um, the artist's kind of messages and connections. And I do, I love the messages and connections that go behind the album. And I did overall enjoy listening to it, but it's like, it's not something I would go out my way to listen to, but I do that. But that's the point of like people putting stuff on the podcast. Like I was saying this, like, oh, I'm sure I was saying this on another episode or just in another like kind of discussion with another podcast guest if i just picked the songs and albums that i liked in films that i liked for the entirety of the podcast then there'd be no point because it would just be boring ass discussion of me just gushing over all these albums and all like that but i like being open to new things and i'm glad i think i might start listening to more keen now because similarly to like your situation with keen in the u.s i think in the uk sometimes the band is just disregarded it's just like oh it's just you know advert music that people use sometimes and it's like it's a bit more than that you know like trailer music but it's like i think it shouldn't be categorized as that and that might just be a problem of me that might be me category maybe maybe nobody even says that maybe it's just a me thing but it- <laughs> i don't know I feel, I feel like people say that i i remember there was like an enemy article maybe where a lot of people were praising keen as like one of the best album uh i think it was under the iron sea as one of the best albums of best british albums of i don't know the past mm-hmm. 20 years or something and there was this immense backlash oh, and even God. enemy was like what the fuck no no it's not <laughs> and it was just this crazy back and forth and i was like nah see there there are people out there yeah. they want to want to appreciate <laughs> and i feel like i was uh kind of lucky to be introduced to it without that sort of context mm-hmm. oh yeah just as like like uh, someone like an american in like 2010 or something just being like i don't, I don't know yeah, it's like a further it's like a, a further open mind to it because like even though i don't listen to a lot of keen obviously and i don't like you know try i try not have a personal pre-opinion on it it is hard to not have preconceptions on something when you've heard so much about or like the same thing about something um so like it was kind of similarly to this is a bit this is a bit of a tangent but Kid Cudi's just released his new album, Man on the Moon Free. I like read a Twitter thread and everyone was like, oh, this the first half sounds a lot like Travis Scott. Then I listened to it and it does sound a lot like Travis Scott. But I think that's just because I, I, if, if it, I, I don't know. I do feel like if I didn't know that, I would have still said that. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't think I would have like personally been like listening to it, waiting for it to sound like it. And that that's a bit annoying when it comes to like consumer media. That's why it's, it, we'll have a good segue to the film. But the film that I watched this week, like, I didn't watch any trailers. I just banged it on, and now I was just like, "My God!" I don't know if you, do you want to talk about the film now, or do you want to? I don't mind. Anything, uh, anything yeah. else you want to, you want to yeah, close? Anything uh, else you want to say about the album to close? Um, I don't know. It's just um, I think it means a lot to me. It's hard to say how I would feel about it if it had just like been sort of recently sort of discovered by me. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know. I I'm I'm not especially um. I don't think I'm too biased when it comes to listening to stuff. Actually, I mostly will just like put on whatever if it if and if it's like yeah. I don't. I just now started listening to Coheed and Cambria, and I'm like, this stuff is definitely nerdy music. And like, I'm not a teenager, but guess what? Mm-hmm. It's I'm feeling it. <laughs> My quarantine self is feeling it. But um, yeah, Punch Drunk Love. Let's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll move on to Punch Drunk Love, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. And all at once I knew, I knew 
are you a are you a PT Anderson Anderson? I am <laughs> like you know not I don't know I no I haven't watched his I know his like film what is it the um oh, I'm 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 li- li- like spamming on Letterbox now to find it. There's that film there will be every- blood maybe. Yes, that's the one. Everyone everyone all the film students are like you gotta watch this film. It's incredible, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I'll get, I'll get to it. And then he's made that like three hour fucking long film as well. And it's just like, damn. But yeah, I've, I've seen those films too. I very much like them. I think I'm quite partial to P.T. Anderson, but I or Paul Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson, and I think it's because of this movie. This was the mer- the first movie of his. I think that I watched that, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, and. I mean, I was just I was just hooked after this because I just I love this movie. Now I gotta say, um, I um, okay. So my friend Anderson, my flatmate, shout out to Anderson. Uh, he's like and he's like Adam Sandler mad. Well, him and my other flatmate Isaac, they decided throughout quarantine that we were, they were gonna watch every single fucking Adam Sandler film and rank it. And like I looked at his list and he put Punch Drunk Love at second just behind Uncut Gems and I was like oh it must be a fantastic film then because it's Adam Sandler in a serious role and I have a lot to say about this film because first of all I'm just gonna go off the bat like I think it's better than Uncut Gems and it I uh, do too. yeah and also it made me cry so I think that's fantastic it made me cry um so like it's it was it was wonderful it was absolutely wonderful and I loved it um I thought the character Barry was fantastic and I think Adam Sandler's um kind of like him playing barry was fantastic as well and it was just oh i don't know there's so much and i gotta say the um sorry i'm sorry if i'm speaking too much but like the score holy shit the score was amazing Great score. and it was like you felt like you were actually like because obviously a lot of it's like him getting anxious and i'm like doing so much shit and then like getting angry and stuff and like having a lash out and a breakdown and it's like the music made you feel like you were inside his mind and it was like all like the little plucks and all like the electronic kind of shit. And I was like, oh my God. And then the lovely like kind of classical, like it was like classic like 50s, 60s kind of like ballads for like um, when yeah. when when uh, he was like having the kind of scenes with the love interest and it just all of it just tied together. At first I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But then when he, as, as soon as that scene happened with his... um. When he went round to the house, that was what got me. I was like, fuck, like, it's going to be good. Like, this is going to be a fantastic film. Yeah, it's, I've, I'm not sure how many times I've watched it. This might be my third or fourth time watching mm-hmm. it. And like, it's just such a, I feel like there are, there aren't really any other movies that are like this movie. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the way that his emotions are expressed through song and like through the through the visuals with like all of the lens flares and then through that abstract art mm-hmm. and like i i the thought occurred to me as i was watching it that it's like it's almost like a musical but without musical numbers like you'll hear like the truck behind him go like play this like descending like boo, 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 and then it'll be mimicked in the score mm-hmm. like right after and it's just sort of like ingraining yourself it's like into this i don't know it feels like i don't know there's there's just nothing nothing else like it all of the all of the different aspects that go into this movie just it's almost like a psychedelic experience yeah. but it's it's also a very very personal experience yeah. about middle america and the the sort of isolating quality that it has and how like people have all of this like passion that's held within them but they're just 
you know maybe like running scams like philip seymour hoffman's character mm-hmm. like yeah. just kind of like they have a plunger business and that's their whole thing and they they <laughs> They're the one thing that gets them really, really hyped is exploiting this uh, sweepstakes <laughs> yeah, thing. Is, yeah, I, I think what like what there's a part the part one of the parts I cried out was um, I was literally so sudden like I wasn't even on the verge. Well, I was a little bit, but like it just I just broke when he went to find the love interest again, knocked on the door, and went. I'm saving up all my like because obviously the entire like fucking oh my god situation. just give me six to eight weeks yeah, yeah it's like and then yeah and he's just like um give me six to eight weeks i'm like i'm saving up all these um pudding tokens for the flights um and obviously i'm gonna like save them up so i can come with you on business trips so like because i don't want to be anywhere without you i was like oh my god like don't do this to me like my god and i think what kind of i don't want to get personal but like i think what kind of broke me is i do see myself inside barry's character a little bit luckily it's not the phone me calling up phone sex line so that isn't the connection part that i'm with but, but even that part is like so like emotional where he's just like he, it's very clear he just wants, he wants to, talk to talk to, to someone because he's like yeah, yeah i'll yeah. talk about my business and yeah he's he's not really like yeah, exactly and he's like definitely not horny he's just like oh you know yeah. i i feel like i could you know really uh expand or diversify or whatever yeah i think it's just sometimes uh, when it all gets too much, it's just like I I just relate to that one. I just relate to it and I love it. I just I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's fantastically represented. Like I feel like I'm not watching. I know this is like a cliche thing to say, but I'm not watching a film. I feel like I'm watching this this kind of real man's like journey throughout his like kind of how he uh, deals with all these situations that have fucked him up in like how he's dealing with all this stuff that's going on with him. And he doesn't need, bless his heart, he doesn't need any more shit going on. He doesn't need somebody, <laughs> t- like, beating him up and taking 500 quid from him, you know? But it's happening, and it's how he, like, kind of deals with it. Yeah, I I definitely also see myself in Barry, and it's like, I mean, I don't know much about, like, what's canon or what isn't canon or what uh Paul had in, in mind for Barry's character or, or Adam, but, like, as someone on the like autism spectrum i was gonna say this i I was gonna say this yeah i I felt like there was so much just like spot on stuff Mm -hmm. that like just really like hit me hard and just like even some of the stuff like the relationship with his sisters compared to like the the relationship that i have with Mm -hmm. my sister and how like like just getting razzed in some way that like affects you very very deeply but everyone else would just be like what What? so what The, the like they called you gay boy growing up or something and that's like what makes you kick in the windows but it's just like when when he kicks the windows it's just like i feel like everyone who has seen this and everyone who's watching it to a certain extent just gets it even though in reality it's like why the fuck would you ever do that yeah no but it's just like mm-hmm. you just feel it so immensely in the way like his anxiety is it is expressed through like the chaos that's within him and then also the chaos that's around him like with all of the <laughs> all of those little things where like louise guzman like at one point his chair just breaks and it's not really a part of anything it's just like <laughs> he's talking to barry and barry's I, I like, love that part. just like yeah. i'm gonna he's like I'm, I'm gonna go hawaii on my own there's just chair just breaks <laughs> oh my god it's and all of it's one of those movies that you just can keep going back to and seeing like different little details Mm -hmm. of like 
how Adam Sandler's acting, like different lines, like when when Adam Sandler's like super, when when Barry's super stressed out, and the the blonde brothers are like just like giving him shit, and he's just in front of their um, he's just giving them five hundred dollars, and he's like babbling, and he's like, look, I think it's really messed up that you like are taking this money from me, and he looks at the ninety nine cents store and he just really quickly says 99 cents and then continues on it's just like all of those little details that like even in i'm a big fan of like paul thomas anderson stuff Mm -hmm. and i really like there will be blood and everything and but i feel like i don't know this is such a like i feel like this is like his apex maybe and i haven't seen i've seen quite a few of his movies but like this one just hits different (laughs) no um yeah i i fully 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 agree with you and i mean um what i'm going to be doing people probably already know this but i'm i'm going to be ranking every single film that i watch on my letterbox for the podcast obviously this is like the third or fourth episode coming out depending so like there's not really much to kind of you know rank yet but i must say i think this is the favorite film i've watched so far and i think it's a nine for me so it's a four and a half stars i would say but I think it needs a rewatch in order to make it a five. I mean, I've only got 10 five-star films so far, but you got to bear in mind that I watch, like, f- despite being a film student, I watch fuck-all films. And um, I think I do have a tendency to, like, either rate something like four stars or, like, um, four and a half, but then I won't. I feel so, like, inclined to not give it a five, but... I think I'm going to give it a rewatch sometime and then I'll decide. I'm going to buy on VHS. I've been looking at VHS uh, listings because it it's an old <laughs> film that have a VHS film. So I'm going to, then I'm going to rewatch it on VHS. That's going to be cool. What, um, I don't know if you can tell me, but what are the other uh, films that have been suggested? Um, so, well, in terms of the ones that we've covered so far, because uh, you won't know, because um, if I, I'm basically stockpiling episodes, guys. I'm sorry, okay? It's all a lie. It's not being recorded on the day. Uh, so uh, tonight's episode because this has been recorded on the Friday of the first episode released in air talking about Back to the Future and then How to Train Your Dragon was uh, next week uh, or the week after so and then Punch Drunk Love is now and then I think if I hold on I'm going to check my uh, thing yeah so I've got one before that because yours is the fourth episode uh, talk about American Psycho which I have already seen but I will be rewatching. And then um, those are all yeah those are all good movies yeah they were very very good. really like american psycho yeah american psycho is fantastic i love it i mean all of the choices that I, that uh be, it's it's a good like diverse you've got like some set fairy films like someone suggested um cats don't dance but then somebody else is like suggested like a really fucking film student kino film and it's like <laughs> i like having a contrast of like different forms of media and that's what I was saying on the thing. It was like, you don't have to pick a furry film. Just pick a film that you like. And I mean, to give it a bit of contrast. I don't want to talk about Zootopia all day, dog. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I, I was like, should I go with the furry one? And then I was like, no, nah, I'll go with Punch Drunk Love. Oh. That one means a lot to me. And then I um, afterwards, I rewatched The Cat Returns for the first time in a long time. Oh, and a I film. fucking love, mm-hmm. love that movie. And I was like, oh, should I switch it to The Cat Returns? And I was like, nah. No. That, I feel like that one is like, someone else is going to pick it yeah and i don't know that anyone else is going to pick no. punch drunk love thank so you I just, yeah i'm thank you very much i'm very happy that you decided to stick with this because if you didn't uh recommend this i wouldn't have watched this film like 100 percent. like i well i would have maybe at some point but not now and i and i think it was a film i needed to experience and i loved it 
Uh, so well, that's thank, awesome. Yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff. Um, uh, yeah, as as opposed to me just like recommending Fox and the Hound or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so much we can talk about this film, but I mean, we're on like an hour and five, so we might have to wrap it up now. But uh, definitely watch Punch Drunk Love, everyone. This is a big recommendation from me. Just watch it, and then for sure, te- let me know what you think of it. You know, send me a DM on Twitter about at hypebeastan. Let me know what you think of the film, um, because I would love to discuss this film even more with so many people because there's just so much you can take from it and like i said i'm going to be rewatching it but yeah anyway so that's the uh this episode uh definitely check out spring silver stuff Kay's done a lot of musical projects and i think they need to have more listens because i think you put a lot of thought behind it and i think show show Kay a little bit of love um <laughs> so yeah that's basically it um I hope to see you guys next week. I mean, uh, just I forgot to do this every single time. If you guys want to apply to be on the show, there's the form below. I've got a quite a backlog of people, but I will be. I read every single one, and I'll be able to get. I'll be getting back to people as quick as possible. I've got uni stuff going on, but if you want to apply to be on the show, feel free to, and I'll get back to you. Maybe who knows? You might get a slot. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's basically it. Thank you guys very much for listening. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries, man.